So we live in a state, the state of California, that is a land of forest fires. Hay muchos incendios forestales en California. In fact, uh, in just a couple of months, we'll be having the fire season upon us, and we'll see what happens. But uh, a couple of years ago, 2018, was an especially bad year for forest fires. Hace dos años tuvimos unos, unos incendios devastadores en este estado. I don't know if you recall that, but uh, first of all, there was the ranch fire. The ranch fire burned up almost 500,000 acres of land. El incendio rancho quemó unos 185 hectares de tierra. You know what? That is the largest, the largest forest fire in California history. Es el incendio más grande de toda la historia. Well, the same year, not too long after that, uh, there was the campfire. Hubo también el incendio campamento. Now, you may remember this one because it destroyed the entire city of Paradise, California. And that city was, was totally devastated. 18,000 buildings burned down. Se quemaron 18,000 edificios y se destruyó la ciudad de Paradise, California. And along with that, 86 people died. 86 personas murieron. And that was not the largest fire, but it was the most deadly fire in our state's history. Fue el incendio más mortal de todos. Now, we step back from all of this and we say, well, what causes these forest fires anyway? ¿Cómo comienzan esos incendios forestales? And, of course, the very simple answer is uh, fire, right? Forest fires start with fire. Fire from a cigarette, fire from a campfire, fire from an electrical line, a fire from a lightning strike, fuego de un cigarillo, de líneas eléctricas, etc. Fire starts fire. But I think we can also say that really a forest fire begins well before the first spark. Un incendio comienza mucho más antes que la primera chispa. A forest fire really begins right now in this season. In spring, it begins when, when the conditions begin to become ripe for a forest fire. Comienza con las condiciones aptas para un incendio. It starts with overgrown vegetation, for example. Demasiada vegetación. And then there's dry conditions, condiciones secas. And finally, as we get on later in the summer to the fall, there are strong winds that are able to whip that fire and blow it along. Hay vientos también muy fuertes. All of that contributes to it, and really the fire that starts the fire, well, that's really just the last straw. It's just the last piece of the puzzle. El fuego es como la última gota que rebosa el vaso. So when we think about forest fires, I think we need to recognize that there's an application spiritually as well. And there are fires that can be kindled not only in forests, but there are fires that can be kindled in our hearts. Hay incendios que también se pueden prender en el corazón. And what I'm talking about specifically today and what we see in our scripture today has to do with the fire of sexual immorality. Tiene que ver con la inmoralidad sexual. It's a problem that Jesus is addressing here head on in our scripture today from, uh, from Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. And basically what Jesus tells us here is that we are dealing with a problem that, that is in our society all around us. We live in a time of unbridled sexual immorality. Vivimos en un tiempo de mucha inmoralidad sexual. And, and Jesus here in chapter 5 verse 27 says that the problem of sexual sin 
actually begins well before the fire starts. El problema comienza mucho antes que la primera chispa. Jesus says in verse 27, you've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Ustedes han oído que se dijo, no cometas adulterio. And of course, people had heard that it was said, don't commit adultery, because that was the seventh of the Ten Commandments. It was something that Jewish people heard, and we hear it a lot. Es el séptimo de los diez mandamientos. Of course, that's what the Bible says. Don't commit adultery. Don't have sexual relations with someone you're not married to. No tengas relaciones sexuales con alguien con quien no eres casado o casada. That's really the biblical standard. It's countercultural today, but guess what? It was countercultural 2,000 years ago. It's always been countercultural. It's algo contra la cultura desde hace dos mil años. The Bible's standard is this, that God has given us sex as a gift, but along with that gift, he's given the gift and the boundaries and the placeholder of marriage. And that is where sex belongs. Marriage between a man and a woman. One man, one woman. La Biblia dice que el matrimonio entre un hombre y una mujer es el lugar para el sexo. And within that, sex is like a raging fire in a fireplace. Within the hearth of a marriage, within the fireplace of a marriage. Sex serves to keep a couple, a man and a woman, safe and warm and strong and healthy. En la chimenea, el hogar de un matrimonio, el sexo como un fuego que mantiene una pareja sana y calurosa y fuerte. But if that fire goes outside of the marriage fireplace, what you have is a kind of blaze that begins to, to destroy everything in its path. Fuera del matrimonio, ese fuego destruye mucho. Sexual sin, sexual immorality then begins to tear down. It destroys marriages, it destroys families, it destroys cities, it destroys entire societies. We live in a Me Too age. We live in an age of unbridled sexual abuse and patterns of sexual infidelity. There's all kinds of stuff going around us, all kinds of fires. Hay muchos incendios sexuales alrededor de nosotros. But it also goes deeper than that. And Jesus here explains in verse 28. He says, I tell you, anyone who uh, looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Les digo que cualquiera que mira a una mujer y la codicia ya ha cometido adulterio con ella en el corazón. So here's the question. When does a sexual forest fire begin? ¿Cuándo comienza un incendio sexual? Jesus might say to us, it, it doesn't begin when two people not married to one another get into the same bed. No comienza cuando, cuando dos personas no casadas se meten en la misma cama. Eh, sexual sin does not begin with an inappropriate touch. No comienza con un toque inapropiado. It begins way before. It begins when the conditions are set for that kind of sin. Comienza con las condiciones aptas. It begins in the heart. It's a heart issue. Es una cuestión del corazón. Now, when I say heart, 
when we think of heart, we need to understand that what we think is not what the Bible thinks. Lo que nosotros pensamos que es corazón no es lo que la Biblia piensa. We, we think of the heart as the place of our emotions. My heart went there. My emotions went there. Pensamos en el corazón como el lugar de las emociones. But when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not just talking about the place where we feel stuff. It's talking about the place where we think. It's talking about the mind. La Biblia se refiere a los pensamientos, a la mente. And so, where does adultery start? Where does sexual sin start? ¿Dónde comienza el adulterio? It begins with the seed of a thought. Comienza con la semilla de un pensamiento. It, it begins with a longing look upon the object of affection that then uh, gets us into a kind of trance. And then that leads us to act upon that. Empezamos a caer en una trance, un trance de lujuria. That's where sexual immorality begins. Ahí comienza la inmoralidad sexual. And then Jesus goes on to basically say, that's where divorce begins as well. Allí comienza el divorcio. He says in, in verse 31, you've heard it said, you know, if you're going to divorce your spouse, give her a certificate of divorce. El que repudia a su esposa que le dé un certificado de divorcio. Jesus is saying that's not where divorce begins. That's where the fire is set to the marriage, yes. Ahí es donde se, se prende fuego del matrimonio. But really the problem begins before. It begins with the heart. Comienza con el corazón. In fact, if you look with me at Matthew chapter 19, verse 8, Jesus goes into this deeper in Matthew 19, 8. Mateo 19, 8. Jesus says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. Your, your thoughts were hard. Your attitude was hard. Moisés les permitió divorciarse su esposa por lo obstinados que son de corazón, de mente, en sus pensamientos. And so divorce really begins with the seed of a thought in the heart. The fact that it is even possible. It begins with the mind entertaining the possibility of divorce, the desirability of it. Comienza cuando la mente eh, eh, piensa en la posibilidad de divorcio. Eh, eh, it, it begins when in the mind a person begins to look for greener pastures, for better options. Uno empieza a buscar praderas más verdes. That's where divorce begins. I want to be careful about what I'm saying here, but I think you could say that that in every divorce, at some point, there are hard hearts. En cada divorcio hay corazones duros. But here's the flip side of that. In every divorce, there are broken hearts. En cada divorcio hay corazones quebrantados. All it takes is one hard heart for a divorce. But in the end, others have broken hearts. And so where does divorce end? Verse 32, chapter 5, verse 32, capítulo 5, versículo 32, Jesus there says this, I tell you, if anyone uh, divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness, he causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Les digo que excepto en caso de infidelidad conyugal, todo el que se divorcia su esposa la induce a cometer adulterio y el que se casa con la divorciada comete adulterio también. 
He's kind of bearing that out. He's saying there are, there are hard hearts, and in Jesus' day, it was the men who initiated divorce. And tiempos de Jesús, los hombres iniciaban el divorcio. They had hard hearts. They were looking for other options. It became really a legalized way of cheating on your spouse. Se hizo una forma legal de traicionar a la esposa. That's where it ended up. But it also ended up with a broken heart. También terminaba con un corazón quebrantado. Why? Because the woman would end up being forced to support herself economically. And in those days, the only option or one of the few options for a, a, an unmarried divorced woman to support herself was prostitution. Una mujer divorciada tenía que apoyarse con la prostitución. And so Jesus is saying, you're basically causing that woman to commit adultery. Estás causando que ella cometa adulterio. And by the way, because you're making this a legalized form of cheating on your spouse, anybody marrying a woman who's been divorced is committing adultery as well. Look what you're doing. And it starts with the heart. And so when you talk about sexual immorality, when you talk about divorce, here's the thing. Everybody gets burned by it. Todos se queman por la inmoralidad sexual y el divorcio. And that's why in chapter 5, verse 29, Jesus says, here's the deal. If your right eye is causing you to sin, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole part to go into hell. Si tu ojo derecho te hace pecar, sácatelo, tíratelo. Más te vale perder una sola parte de tu cuerpo y no que todo él sea arrojado al infierno. And then he says something similar. If your right hand is causing you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. It, it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Si tu mano derecha te hace pecar, córtatela y rojala. Más te vale perder una sola parte del cuerpo y no que todo él vaya al infierno. Now Jesus is not literally saying start chopping off parts of your body. What he's saying is prevention goes a long way and it starts not with the body it starts with the thoughts comienza con los pensamientos if you and your thoughts have gone in this way it's going to start to burn you and if you're burning if your eyes are burning because you're thinking lustful thoughts if your hands are burning because you want to touch someone in a way you know you should not Cut that off. Don't go there. Hay que cortar donde quieres ir con la lujuria y la inmoralidad sexual. Otherwise, once a fire starts in you, it's going to burn you completely in the fire of hell. Una vez que empiece un, un incendio, te va a quemar en el, el infierno. It's going to burn you in Gehenna. That's the word for hell here, en Gehenna. Esa es la palabra del infierno. What was Gehenna? Well, Gehenna referred to the, the smoldering, burning garbage dump outside of the city of Jerusalem. Era el, el vertedero humeante fuera de Jerusalén. It was always on fire. Todo estaba siempre quemándose. And it was separate from the city. It was out there, far from the city. Why? Because they didn't want the city to burn down. Estaba separado de la ciudad para no quemar la ciudad. And Jesus is saying, when you begin to go into the places of sexual immorality and divorce in your thoughts, you're going to start burning up. Don't go there. 
No vayas a ese lugar. Don't go to the garbage dump. No vayas al vertedero humeante. Don't think about better prospects. Don't dream of viewing pornographic images. No sueñen con otras mujeres o hombres o, o, o imágenes pornográficas. Don't have fantasies about random sexual encounters. No tengan fantasías de encuentros sexuales al azar. Don't Think about endless pleasure with no responsibility. Don't go there. No piensen el placer sin la responsabilidad. And I think at this point, uh, we need to establish something, and it's, it's something very important. I, I hinted at it before, but I want to say it real clearly. Sex is not a bad thing. It's not a dirty thing. Sex, as someone has said, is not a four-letter word. El sexo no es nada malo, no es nada sucio. Sex is not bad, but it is powerful. It's very powerful. Es muy poderoso. I think we can compare sex and sexual activity to nuclear power. Es como el poder nuclear. If you have a, a nuclear chain reaction and you put it into a controlled facility under controlled conditions in, in a way that, that is completely directed, you know what you can do with nuclear power? You can light up an entire city with electricity. Puedes iluminar toda una ciudad con una reacción nuclear controlada. But that same Nuclear chain reaction, if it gets out of control and it begins to, to accelerate and there is no limit, there's no brakes on it, you know what you've got? You've got an atomic bomb. Una reacción sin cadena, uh, sin freno, pues es una, una bomba atómica. And with that power, you know what you can do? You can explode a city. You can either light a city up or explode it. O puedes iluminar una ciudad o explotarla. Same is true with sex within the marriage fireplace, within that place where it is in an environment of, of control and of, and of blessing, it is a gift from God. Sex is a gift from God that, that lights up a home, it energizes a couple, it brings joy to the family, it brings children, it brings life, it brings encouragement, it binds people together in bonds of sacrificial love. El sexo une a la pareja en, en un lazo de, de amor sacrificial. It actually, the Bible says, shows the kind of sacrificial love that Christ has for his church. That's what marriage is about. Matrimonio muestra el amor sacrificial de Cristo con su iglesia. But if you allow that to go outside of its bounds and, and out of control, you've got enough power to blow things up. And that is what we're seeing in our day and age, I'm afraid. Tiene poder también de explotar y reventar en nuestra sociedad. So what to do? Well, I don't think the answer is that we stop having sexual thoughts and desires. The, the answer is not to stop, ha stop having them. The answer is what to do with them. La pregunta es qué hacer con los deseos y pensamientos sexuales. Now, our society would say, well, you know, you can't control it, so why even try? That's the message we often give our youth. You can't control it, so... You know, just go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, we wouldn't say that with a gun. We wouldn't give a gun to our children and say, hey, you know, you can't control it, but go, go at it. Have fun. Decimos a los niños, no lo pueden controlar, pues adelante. But that's nothing new. That's, that's an old philosophy. And it's one that hasn't worked for a lot of years. 
Um, I found this quote by the Roman author Horace. El autor romano Horacio dijo esto. 2,000 years ago, get this, 2,000 years ago he wrote this. He said, he said, if you're going around your house and you see the maid or you see a slave boy and they arouse sexual desire in you, si una criada, un muchacho esclavo te da deseos sexuales, he said, don't let yourself burst. No te, te hagas reventar. Go ahead. Enjoy love that is free and easy. Goza del amor que es accesible y fácil. But the Bible has a much different take on this. The Bible says that those who play with sexual fire should not be surprised if they get burned. Los que se queman o que juegan con el fuego sexual se van a quemar. In James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15, the Bible talks about this process, and it's interesting because the imagery here is sexual. It's sexual imagery. Miren Santiago 1.14, it says, Each person is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed, literally seduced. Uno es tentado cuando por sus malos deseos, sus malos deseos lo arrastran y seducen. And then it says, after desire has conceived... It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Y luego, cuando el deseo ha concebido, engendra el pecado, y el pecado, una vez que ha sido consumado, da a luz la muerte. What this is saying is that when you play with sexual fire, you're going to get burned. And Jesus would say you're in the danger of being burnt by hell itself. So, where do we go with this? What's the solution? Well, the solution is not for us to have less passion. La solución no es tener menos pasión. I think the Bible would tell us the solution is that we need more passion. We need more passion and we need a passion for more. Tenemos que tener más pasión y una pasión por más. It really goes back to something Jesus said at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 8. Greg talked about this in the first Sunday of this series. Se trata de lo que dijo Jesús en Mateo 5, 8. He said this. Jesus said, blessed, <laughs> fulfilled, complete, happy, joyful are those who have a pure heart, for they will see God. Dichosos los de corazón limpio, porque estos verán a Dios. It is by focusing our hearts, that is our thoughts, our direction, our focus, our passions, our desires upon the one true living God with a pure heart, a soul focus, that we begin to see the beauty and the greatness of God. Al enfocar nuestros deseos y pasiones y pensamientos en Dios, vemos su belleza. Jesus here is, is inviting us to have a passion for more. Sex is temporary. Sex will not last forever. God is forever. El sexo no es para siempre, pero Dios sí. Here's the lie. Aquí la mentira. The lie of our culture is that there is just one sinful person out there who can complete you. 
who can make you happy and you just have to keep looking for him or her and it doesn't matter how many people you go through until you get to that perfect person, that perfect sinner. La mentira es que hay un pecador perfecto y tienes que buscarlo a él o a ella y no importa cuántas otras personas dejas en tu estela. But that's a lie. Here's the truth. No human being can satisfy us except one, the perfect human being. And he's not only a human being, he is God himself in the flesh. Hay un solo ser humano que nos puede satisfacer y es perfecto y Dios hecho hombre. And that's Jesus. Jesus came down to earth and he gave his body for you and me in the way we needed it most. Not sexually, but spiritually, by dying for us on the cross, by rising from the dead. Cristo dio su cuerpo de forma que más lo necesitábamos. No, es, no sexualmente, sino espiritualmente en la cruz. And because he's given his body to us, he invites us to respond with a passion to give our bodies back to him. As living sacrifices, the Bible says. He wants us to be consumed with a passion for him to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and body with everything. Nos invita a dar nuestros cuerpos a él amándolo de todo corazón, mente, alma, cuerpo, todo. That's what we need. A passion for more. You know, if you talk to any firefighter, I think they'll probably tell you that the best way to fight a forest fire is not with water. It's pretty impractical to get water and to, to douse a forest fire. Es muy impractico extinguir un incendio forestal con agua. The best way to fight a forest fire is to take away the fuel. Hay que quitar el combustible. So what that means is that you set a backfire a fire that goes in the opposite direction and burns up the fuel. Hay que tener un contraincendio en la dirección opuesto. If you can do that, that's how you fight a fire. You fight fire with fire. Hay que combatir el fuego con fuego. So please don't hear what I'm not saying. The solution to sexual temptation is not simply to throw water on it. Take a cold shower. Just stop trying to think about it. La solución no es echarle agua a la tentación sexual. What we've got to do is we've got to set a backfire. And a fire in the opposite direction. And what I'm talking about is developing a fire for God. Se trata de un contraincendio en la dirección opuesta, un incendio para Dios. That's what we're talking about. And that's why as a church we, we continually to encourage people to, to look at the Bible, be absorbed with God's word, be absorbed with the person of Jesus, get to know God because your greatest desire inside is not sexual, it is a desire for a place that only God can fill to be filled up. Nuestro deseo es para Dios, por eso queremos leer la Biblia. That's why we're encouraging people to be reading the Bible in a two-year cycle and keep doing that. Because what you're doing is you're feeding the fire of spiritual passion. And if you're struggling today, I want to be very clear. None of us are here to condemn you, to shame you. Our society does a great job of tempting people and then shaming people with sexual sin. 
That's not what we're here for. No estamos aquí para avergonzar a nadie. Men, if, if you are struggling if, with any type of sexual addiction, statistics will show pornography may be one of them. We have godly men in our church who would like to walk with you. We have our elder team, myself and others, who would love to pray with you, not to condemn you, but pray, walk with you. Hay hombres piadosos aquí, hombres de Dios que quisieran hablar y, y caminar con ustedes, hombres si tienen problemas. See, we're fellow strugglers. In no way am I saying here today that I am free from the struggles I've just we've just talked about. We have our sexual battles, all of us. Ninguno es, es libre de la, la batalla sexual. Men, we'd like to, to walk with you, encourage one another. Women, if you're struggling, please know that there are godly women in our church that would be honored to listen to you and to pray with you. Mujeres, hay mujeres de Dios en esta iglesia que estarían dispuestas a orar con ustedes. And, and some of them, there are elder spouses, but there are also other women in our church, and I could point you to them if you need that help want that help, seek out a godly woman or, or, or I'll point you to one uh, and, and they can pray and talk with you. Uh, pues busquen ayuda de una mujer de Dios. We're not here to, like I said, to, to point a finger, but to point to the one that we need. See, here's the challenge. Instead of looking lustfully at other sinners, the Bible invites us to look at the sinless one. En vez de mirar con lujuria pecadores, miremos al que no tiene pecado. That's Jesus. I tell you what, there is no one more beautiful than him. No one more attractive than Jesus. No hay nadie más atractivo que Jesús. Look to him. Long for him. Follow him. Love him. Mírenlo, deseenlo, síganlo. And God's word tells us that there's blessing in that. See, it's all about having a passion for more, a passion for God. Se trata de una pasión por Dios. Would you join me in prayer? Let's pray right now. God, I recognize just the double challenge of this message today. It is a message that gets at some very personal things. Este mensaje toca algo muy personal hoy, Señor. And the second challenge of this message is that we're not together. I wish I could be in a room with people and to be able to see where they are in need of help and encouragement. And I pray that today this message will light a fire in our hearts. Not the fire of shame and condemnation, but a fire of a desire, God, to be free from any type of sexual bondage, of any type of sexual trap, and a desire to be full of you. Que este mensaje nos, nos prenda el fuego de, de estar libres de, de cualquier atadura sexual y de estar nosotros llenos de, por, de una pasión por ti. Lord, I want to pray for young, for old. I want to pray for folks that are single, folks that are married. I want to pray for marriages that may be struggling right now. Lord, in our thoughts, help us to go to you. Quiero orar por los que son solteros, los matrimonios, los que están luchando su matrimonio. I want to pray for families during this pandemic, God. There's been a lot of stress in the home. Oh, God, help us to look for healthy ways of dealing with that stress. 
que podamos buscar maneras sanas de, de uh, lidiar con el estrés, Señor. And I just thank you for the Sunrise family. I'm praying that next week, as some of us gather outdoors, that can be a blessing. I pray for those that will be continuing to look at our online service and to participate in that way. Keep us together as a church. Make us one, Lord. Que seamos unidos como iglesia, sea que adoramos afuera o en línea. We thank you for this day and we praise you for your blessings. Jesus, you are the most beautiful human being in the world. No one can compare with you. Nadie se puede comparar contigo, Jesús. It's in your name we pray. En tu nombre oramos. Amen.